can I just inform you all that part one of the meeting tonight is being broadcast live. For those listening to the broadcast, the sideshow, the chief executive is about to talk. He can be viewed at www.upsford.gov.uk councillor's presentation without a space between councillors and presentation. Thank you. Apologies for absence. Keith, Art. Sorry, sorry. Public speaking. I believe we have one member of the public who wishes to speak. Mrs. Jan Beaton. Can you come and take the mic, please? my own time or thank you thank you for being given the opportunity to address you tonight on behalf of residents during your part two meeting tonight you will review and discuss legal advice obtained by the council it's with this regard to the proposed care development of 300 new houses on the east of Southern Walden it's likely that you will be then asked to vote on a motion not to defend the appeal we have sent each of you a detailed letter but here are five summary points that we'd like you to consider one, it is likely that the legal advice presented to you will not be factually correct and will be legally weak. Just to be clear, the application is not for an adopted local plan site. It is highly unlikely that UDC would have to pay costs and it would be unprecedented for new homes bonus or section 106 obligations to be wiped out. Two, the legal advice has not been independently verified or subject to peer review. Multiple opinions have not been sought and the risks have not been quantified for you. You have little basis on which to make a decision tonight. Three, there is a strong case to refuse this application because it was refused on many sound and highly defensible grounds, including direct and specific advice from DEFRA about Saffron Walden. Four, the public expects UDC to defend the decisions it takes for the right reasons, not just through the fear of spending money, especially when UDC is sitting on a surplus. Better to spend it on the important business of protecting the legacy of this district's future. Five, if at the part two meeting you take the highly irregular step to decide that the council should not fight this appeal, you will be undermining the legitimate and independent operation of the planning committee. By overriding their decision, you will make the planning committee unable to operate on an independent basis in the future, which it is required to do. Tonight, we ask that you back the independent decision-making authority of the planning committee and what is expected of the council by tax-paying voters Please resist pressure to give up on this appeal and uphold democratic processes. We ask that you defend the appeal. Thank you. Thank you. We will now move to apologies. We have apologies from Keith Artis, Christine Cairn, Iris Evans, David Watson and Les Smith. Thank you. Right, ladies and gentlemen, can we go straight into part one, please, and I'll hand straight over to Mr. Mitchell. May I raise a... I have a declaration of interest in that I, I, the public speaker is married to my nephew. Thank, Thank you. you for that, Councillor Lemon. Any other declarations of interest? Thank you. 
Mr Chairman, a point of order. It's my opinion and that of several members here that this uh, meeting has not been properly convened. Uh, it's good that uh, Ms Beaton was here from We Are Residents to speak, but it's my understanding that they only um, discovered what was on the agenda by writing to Mr Harborough and asking him what this meeting was all about, uh, and, and they were informed. The agenda, there is no, nothing of substance in, the, in part one of the meeting, and the only uh, agenda item that one can try and derive a clue from is legal advice on appeal, and, and absolutely nothing which tells the public what this is about. And I think that is totally unsatisfactory because, um, well, first of all, I understand that we're going to have some presentations in part one, and yet the public, as far as one is aware, has been told, don't bother turning up because you aren't going to be able to uh, join any of this meeting at all. Um, and I think it's totally wrong that we don't publicise both put out agendas which are clear what the business is, even if it doesn't go into the detail, and then secondly, as might have happened in this case, when it was discovered that there was potential public interest, that, it, it, that a press release should have been put out, but it wasn't, as far as I am aware. So I, I think that this meeting is improperly convened. I would like to propose that it is adjourned until it is pro properly uh, convened in an open and transparent manner. Councillor Lemon. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, yes, I'd like to second Councillor Dean's uh, amendment or proposal. Thank you. You've had a proposal and seconder. Is it your wish that we vote on it? Yes. Can we have a vote, please? No, You're good. I don't quite understand uh, Councillor Dean's point. Uh, this meeting was called by the Chairman of the Council, who uh, is now in the United States of America. That is his legitimate right. Uh, I think matters of this nature are uh, ideally uh, discussed in the full forum of Council, and I think it is perfectly legitimate that we discuss this matter in this, in this forum. Uh, the meeting had to be called quickly, which you will hear from uh, Mr Mitchell's presentation. There is a deadline of the 29th of August, so there is some urgency about this. Delay would cause us huge problems, could jeopardise the whole appeal process. Um, we are gathered here perfectly legitimately, had good notice. Uh, the, uh, Mr Mitchell's presentation is going to be broadcast live, will be on the Council website, available to everybody. He won't be taking questions in Part 1. I see absolutely no reason to adjourn tonight's debate, which I think is an important one, and I know other members uh, will uh, look forward to the importance of this debate. So I oppose the motion, Chairman. Thank you. Mr Perry, do you wish to comment on that? It's, it's wrong to say that a part two agenda tells the public not to attend because members have to vote to go into part two. Um, members of the public who have got an interest should attend the meeting and, and see if it goes into part two or not. So the meeting has been validly constituted and it's a matter for members to decide whether to proceed or otherwise. 
Chairman, I don't think many of us heard that. Could it be repeated? The meeting has been properly called. The proper notice of the meeting was given. The agenda was as clear as it can be. There's a part two item upon it. Um, the fact there's a part two agenda is not a statement to the public not to attend because moving into part two requires a resolution of members. The public, therefore, if they've got an interest, should attend the meeting and see whether the members move into part two or not. So the meeting has been properly constituted. It's members to decide whether to proceed with it or not this evening. Thank you. Councillor Morton. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, I think there is an, an issue of principle here. If we are going to have extra information other than the part two um, item, then that should have been advertised on the agenda and people should have been made aware that this was going to happen. This hasn't happened. It's been a decision, I believe, that's been made today that there should be a part one process, which I accept. And in questioning Mr Perry's statement, how can members of the public know whether to attend a meeting which is in part two if they don't know what the part two is about? How can they make up their minds about whether they want to attend that meeting or not, even if it is going to go into part two or not? Um, the whole thing really has been very badly managed. Councillor Barker. Chairman, I would like to get on with this meeting, so can I propose that we move the proposal by Councillor Dean. Thank you. Right, we've had a proposition that this meeting be adjourned. All those in favour? All those against? Thank you. Motion defeated. Right, we'll now go to part one from Mr Mitchell. I just want to take you through a, a few points if you, um, around really why we're here uh, and what this meeting's about. And I thought it's best to do that in, in, in the form of a presentation just to get us in the mood. Um, firstly, why we're here, well, I regard it as my duty to draw your attention as members what I consider and what my staff consider to be significant inconsistencies in decision making leading up to a planning appeal. Am I in the way? I want to make it clear as well because there's been reports in the paper this is a cabinet proposed um, initiative. I've not been directed by cabinet or any other member indeed I'm sure cabinet's really fed up with me for doing this. And I also want to point out that it would have been a matter for the planning committee, as Mr Perry has just said, the matter was rightly referred to for council by the, um, by the chairman, and hence we are having this meeting. The last point, there is a deadline of the 29th of August, just wanted to keep this one in mind, for the submission of our statement of case to the planning inspector. Clearly there are opportunities after that, but our statement of case and the statement of common ground need to be completed by then, so it's not long away. 
So a little bit about the application, because I'm aware a lot of you, you're not planning members, you won't be familiar with the planning process in some cases, and you may not even know where this site is. So um, it's an outline planning application, as you can see, and it, was called, it says there, all matters reserved. That means that uh, those details will be submitted at a later stage, except for access, and it's for residential development for up to 300 houses, including a pavilion building, an extension to the skate park, and the provision of land for open space. And there's an option, an in-out option, for a new primary school. And what outline means, this is quite an important point as we go on, outline means it's an application to establish development in principle. So it's the principle of planning permission. It is the, the planning permission, if you like, but it's not like a full planning permission which shows the details of every house and its relationship with everywhere else. This is just essentially uh, permission in principle, but to, make, to, to give that permission in principle, you need, or that applicant to, get, to enable the committee to determine the, the principle, you do need a lot of supporting information. And that was all provided. So that's just a drawing of the site for those of you who may not know where this is. This is the lovely Thaxted Road as it comes into Saffron Walden. Here are the kilns, the orange buildings. This is the Lord Butler Leisure Centre, that's the skate park. And this is the site for housing development, but the site itself extends, the planning application site, extends around land there as well. So that gives the, the setting for where it is in relation to the town. And this is the history of the planning application. It was submitted in August 2013, so a year ago, and was presented to committee in December that year, but was deferred for two reasons. More information around highways network and how it would work in the, in the Saffron Warden area and on the provision of education. You probably all remember some of the discussions that happened around that. While that process was going on, the local plan was agreed by council on the 8th of April and the local plan was agreed for um, consultation and submission to the Secretary of State which, or the Planning Inspectorate and that has now happened. The application was refused on the 30th of April so it was refused after the local plan was agreed by council and it was not approved, in interestingly enough, on highways or education grounds even though it had been deferred for more information on those other concerns came forward. At that same meeting, the planning applications for land known as the Manor Oak site, and I'll just demonstrate what that is shortly, and regions, which you needn't worry about, were also approved. And to complete the timeline, the current planning appeal was lodged in July this year. So, that is a plan which shows three things. Firstly, it's the local plan, the allocation in the draft local plan, so the SW1 allocation there is set out and that is the land for the, the, the um, 800 or so houses and employment use and open space use on the east side of Saffron Walden that many of you will be familiar with. And the two areas marked in red are two planning applications. One, this is the Keir one at the bottom, I've just gone through with you, and this is the Manor Oak planning application at the top. You can see that in the emerging local plan they are both in the same planning policy area and they are both subject to the same policy considerations. So what's happened? Well, the application at Kia was refused and it was refused for these four reasons. Now the um, first one there is that it's an unsustainable... It was refused also on the basis of the current local plan, not the emerging local plan. 
and the reasons for refusals are that it was unsustainable form of development because it's outside development limits that it lose, we lose grade 2 agricultural land and the loss of an open space and we give rise to um, air pollution the fourth reason for refusal which is that it doesn't make the necessary infrastructure contributions to, to, to um, enable it to take place um, that can be resolved obviously if uh, an obligation is entered into which does deal with those matters so it's not really that that's the one not to concentrate on it's the top three that count there excuse me I'm going to just get a glass of water I've got a terrible throat <coughs> just a little word on the um, significance of the local plan and the weight we should give to our emerging local plan and it is our plan the National Planning Policy Framework, and that's what the NPPF is, states that uh, in section 216 that from the day of publication decision takers may also give weight to relevant policies in emerging local plans. And it gives the various criteria that you make that judgment against. So there's no hard and fast rule that says the plan is 25% material, 30%, 40%, 50%. Like all these things often in planning, it's a matter of judgment. But it's undeniable the local plan does have weight the local plan is a material consideration so it's not part of the development plan and it's unlikely to be part of the development plan by the time we get to the planning inquiry but it does have weight it's not something we can ignore so the current position as I see it and this is why I have to draw these matters to your attention is there are some inconsistencies firstly an inconsistency between the council's acceptance of this site as a sustainable location for development, that's for council, accepted this site as a sustainable location for development when it agreed the local plan. And that was on the 8th of April. On the 30th of April, the planning committee decided that it was not. So you've clearly got an inconsistency there. There's a second inconsistency between the committee's decision to refuse development on this site, but on the same day, to approve the planning permit application, the Manor Oak site, which I showed you on the plan earlier, at the same meeting where, as I said, identical policies and material planning considerations apply. And so, in our opinion, we are coming to a planning inquiry where, for these reasons, officers consider that it was going to be impossible to present a case with any degree of credibility. Had, for example, we refused both applications, we'd have made a consistent decision which we could have followed. But to approve one and to refuse another is very, very hard to justify. A planning witness, such as myself, Mr Harborough, or, or, or anyone that we may employ, is going to be placed in an almost impossible position when asked, does the council think this is a sustainable location for development? And we have to say yes, because the council has approved this site part of a, uh, as part of a larger site, certainly, but nonetheless approved as a sustainable location in the local plan. And then at the same time, it is saying it isn't without any real justification. The implications are that we are at risk of a substantial award of cost and I have to draw that to your attention as unpopular as it may be that I do so this could be a large sum of money there was a recent case in Cambridge 
which I've mentioned or maybe or has been mentioned before, where the council did withdraw at the last minute, very different planning circumstances, but the point about not submitting evidence, and they withdrew on the night before the inquiry, they had a cost award against them of £170,000. These sums of money are huge, and the government is pursuing them. They are encouraging applicants to seek costs, and indeed the inspectorate can award costs anyway, if the inspector thinks that the council has been behaving unreasonably. There will be harm to the reputation of the council. Now, it's going to be a different sort of harm because we've probably got different views here. But I think we will be, our reputation for sound planning judgment would be harmed here. And so, I believe I fail in my duty if I don't draw this to your attention. That's why I'm here. It's not a comfortable place to be. Please believe that. But what you do with my advice is entirely up to you. The important thing is that I draw it to your attention. And I can advise you now that the award of costs, there will be an award of costs against us, it will be substantially reduced if we present no evidence and do no further work. If that is the scenario, the inquiry still proceeds, and this applies to the um, Fairfield one that we talked about earlier. Uh, the inquiry will proceed, and third parties can still make their cases to the inspector, and the council wouldn't walk away. The council would still need to be present at the uh, inquiry to discuss the, the conditions and the 106 obligations. These are always discussed at planning inquiries, irrespective of what the outcome is going to be. So, in those circumstances, we have sought the advice that you have on your pink papers. And it is at this point, Chairman, that if we take this any further, I think we need to have a discussion, or members need to have a discussion, about whether we move into part two. There's a couple of more slides I'd like to show if we do move into part two, but I'm going to pause there. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you very much, Mr. Mitchell. Councillor Barker. Chairman, um, I know members here feel passionate about this issue, and as such, they, I do believe, will want to discuss in detail the advice that has been given by Council. I therefore believe that we do sh should move to part two, um, as this is consideration of an item containing exempt information within the meaning of paragraphs three and five of Schedule. 12A of the Local Government Act 1972, and I so propose. Thank you. Can we have a second, please? Right, it's been proposed and seconded we go to part two. All those in favour? I, I would like to speak against. Uh, I have the, one of the um, sets of correspondence that we had, I think from the Chief Executive, said that uh, if the advice were put into the public domain it would, um, it, or, or, or the discussion were held in the public domain, it would undermine the case of the organisation that uh, might be left on its own to fight this appeal uh, if, if in fact the Council does as probably is likely, but I don't know, well, let's see what happens, actually pull out. I, and yet that organisation wrote a letter to me this weekend which, uh, and, and to all members which for one said that they feel that the information should be in the public domain uh, and they assume that the, that the appellant uh, knows all the arguments already. 
So it seems to me that we're, um, we're keeping things unnecessarily under wraps in their opinion and, I, and I'm inclined towards their point of view. Uh, I think that uh, there are important matters relating to how we got here tonight. This is the second time that we uh, find ourselves discussing this sort of matter within a month, something that was unprecedented until June, suddenly be is becoming a habit, uh, and I think matters like that should not just all be um, put behind closed doors and, and the public to be thrown out. I think there are important matters of, of, of procedure and precedent without in principle, without discussing the, the issue of, what, of the stuff on the pink paper that should be discussed in part two, so I, sorry, in part one. So I, I will vote against uh, going into part two, at least at this stage. Councillor Rich. I'm very grateful, Mr Chairman. Um, I, I, I'm going to, going to be brief. Um, obviously, I think everybody here knows that I've expressed concerns about these matters in the past, but I think it would be absolutely idiotic uh, if we didn't go into part two. The rationale for going into part two is not, um, as Councillor Dean has said, um, s something to do with another political third party whose case might be undermined. It is because the Council's own position uh, might be prejudiced if we discuss openly legal advice um, that we may or may not have been given. And if there is going to be any genuine debate about this issue at all, um, uh, in which I'm going to personally participate, it will be in part two and it won't be in part one and we must go into part two so that we can have a sensible uh, and meaningful debate uh, on issues that everybody wants to talk about. Thank you. Councillor Cheatham. I totally agree with Councillor Rich. Uh, I think this is very important that we discuss. We can always come out of part two to go back into part one, but I think for the first we need to go and have our full and frank discussion in part two. Um, first of all, there is sensitive information in these papers, and it is absolutely ridiculous if we then put them in the public domain. So I am, will be voting to go into part two. It's been proposed. I propose we go to the vote, Chairman. It's been put to vote. Shall we take the vote, please? All those in favour of going to part two? Call the vote, Mr Chairman. Mr Chairman, I second a recorded vote. Point of order, we'd actually gone to the vote. Can we then actually change the way we vote? Members, as I call your name, will you indicate, please, with your voting for going into part two, against or abstaining? Councillor Asker. Not present. Councillor Barker. G. Barker. Uh, I wish to speak. There was a question about whether or not we could go. Well, once a vote has been called for, a member can call for a recorded vote, and that, that takes precedence, yes. Thank you. Even though vote. You haven't voted as yet. Councillor G. Barker. Four yes. against four. Councillor S. Barker. Four. Councillor Chambers. Four. Councillor Cheatham. Four. Councillor Davy. Four. Councillor Davies. Four. Councillor Dean. Again. Councillor Easton. Four. Councillor Eden. Four. Councillor Evans is not here. Councillor Felton. Four. Councillor Foley not here yet. Councillor Freeman. Not here. Councillor Godwin. Yes. 
Councillor Harris? Councillor Hicks? Councillor Howell? Councillor Jones? Councillor Ketteridge? A. Ketteridge? Councillor J. Ketteridge? Councillor Knight? Councillor Lemon? Councillor Lachlan? Councillor Mackman? Councillor Manel? Councillor Mawson? Councillor Oliver? Councillor Parr? Not here, Councillor Parry? Councillor Perry? Councillor Ranger? Councillor Redfern? Councillor Rich? Councillor Wolf? Councillor Rose? Councillor Sadler? Not here, Councillor Salmon? Councillor Smith? Not here, Councillor Walters? Councillor Watson? Not here, Councillor Wells? Chairman, the vote is 24 in favour, 7 against and 3 abstentions. The motion is carried. Thank you. Can I now ask members of the public and press please to leave the chamber? This meeting is paused. 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 We are not broadcasting.